Good morning, everybody. How are we doing today? Fantastic. Turn your Bibles with me this morning if we to Joshua chapter 1. And we started a series last week entitled Change. Um, and that was birthed out of the fact that there's lots of changes taking place uh, right here at Urban Church. But how many know that changes are taking place all around you all the time? Uh, man, culture is constantly changing and shifting. The economy is constantly changing and shifting. Your business, the people you work with, uh, everything around us changes. Uh, but last week as we started this series, we learned this, that when God is involved in the change, especially when God is the one that promotes the change, the change is always for our benefit and for its kingdom's benefit. That, uh, man, when you embrace that fact as a Christ follower and you embrace that change, man, something good takes place in it. Uh, last week we announced to you that Amanda Kilpinski is going to be moving to Nashville, uh, Tennessee. And uh, she got picked up by a management agency there that asked her to move out and they're going to pour into her. And, and uh, she was the one up here leading worship. Isn't she awesome? And, uh, and so she's moving. And uh, so her last day is going to be October 3rd. Um, and I want all of us to come on September 30th to celebrate uh, the fact that she has given so much of her time uh, to this church over the last three and a half years. She's been leading worship uh, almost every single weekend uh, for Urban Church since we launched three and a half years ago. And so we just want to honor her on that day. So come ready. And uh, we're going to celebrate her right after the service. The Bible says to give honor to whom honor is due. And I know she's poured in a lot to this church. And so we want to honor her as she uh, gets launched out into her dream. Also, uh, we announced last week that we're changing the name of our church. And uh, so we're no, in, a, in about six, seven weeks, we will no longer be Urban Church. And uh, we're going to be transitioning into a new name. We really feel like it's something God spoke to us to do. And so we're walking that journey and walking through that. I'm excited about it because as you look at the name changes in the Bible, whenever that name change took place, man, something great happened. Uh, uh, just more. And God increased his influence through those people. And so I'm just believing that as we uh, walk in obedience to what God is telling us to do, it's just going to be absolutely amazing. Some other big changes coming up, um, but we're going to walk through those together over the next several weeks. And, uh, and so here we are in our series uh, entitled Change. Uh, last week we talked about change, that God wants to take us from a certain place to an awesome place. And we talked about the life of Jacob. And if you missed that, you can catch that uh, on, our, on our podcast. But God is bringing change in our life, especially as Christ's followers. It's happening all the time. The reason God brings change to us is because he wants us to go to the next level in our relationship with him. Uh, change, though, we understand is this, that change, no matter what kind of change it is, whether it's relational, whether it's in a business, whether your business has grown, um, you know, if your business has grown, man, that brings change. You're working with more people. And how many of you guys know that the more people you work with, the more change you go through, right? And so change is, is happening, but change is difficult. Change is hard. As a matter of fact, change is so hard that most people resist change, okay? Whether they want to admit it or not, most people resist change. They fight to, to not have things change. I don't want this to change. I, I like what I call normal, right? And so we don't want things to change. Change is hard, therefore people resist it. But here's what happens. When we resist change, we actually create more problems for ourselves. When we resist the change that God's bringing to us, uh, we end up missing out on the very thing that God wants to do in us. When we resist change, we miss out on some of the greatest opportunities we'll ever have in life. We miss out on, on relational 
uh, opportunities. We miss out on business opportunities. We miss out on, on all of those things. Yet millions of people resist change, and because they're resisting change, they literally find themselves living without purpose. God does not want you to stay where you're at. God wants you to grow. God wants you to increase. God wants you to become more like Him. We're going from faith to faith, glory to glory. So change happens. Why does change do that? Because with change comes challenges, okay? And it's how we handle those challenges that will ultimately determine the change that takes place in us, okay? Change is coming. It presents a challenge. It's difficult. Whether, whether we view the, the change as good or bad, it doesn't matter. Change just presents those challenges. It can be difficult at times. Let me give you the definition of change, and then we're going to read Joshua chapter 1. The definition of change is this, to make the form, content, or future course of something different from what it is or what it would be if left alone. It's changing what it is or what it would be if left alone. How many of you guys know that God wants us to change? He doesn't want us to be left alone, okay? So, man, he compels change to take place, and therefore those challenges arise. We address those challenges, and change takes place. Let me read Joshua chapter 1. Starting in verse 1. And it reads this. After the death of Moses, the servant of the Lord, the Lord said to Joshua, the son of Nun, Moses' assistant, Moses, my servant is dead. Now therefore, arise, go over this Jordan, you and all this people into the land that I am giving to them, to the people of Israel, every place that the sole of your foot will tread upon, I have given to you just as I promised Moses. From the wilderness of this Lebanon, as far as the great river, the river Euphrates, all the land of the Hittites to the great sea toward the going down of the sun shall be your territory. No man shall be able to stand before you all the days of your life. Just as I was with Moses, so I will be with you. Amen. How many thankful for that promise? We talked about it last week as well, the promise that was made to Jacob, that God said, I won't leave you, that I will be with you, and we will see this thing through. I will not leave you nor forsake you. Verse 6, be strong and courageous, for you shall cause this people to inherit the land that I swore to their fathers to give them. Only be strong and very courageous. Be careful to do according to all the law that Moses, my servant, commanded you. Do not turn from the right hand or to the left, that you may have good success wherever you go. This book of the law shall not depart from your mouth, but you shall meditate on it day and night, so that you may be careful to do according to all that is written in it. For then you will make your way prosperous, and then you will have good success. Have I not commanded you? Be strong and courageous. Do you think that God's trying to get a message through? To Joshua, okay? Do not be frightened, and do not be dismayed, for the Lord your God is with you wherever you go. I want to jump to chapter 3 real quick, and I want to read to you how Joshua translated the message that God gave him to the people. What was the message that God was giving Joshua? It was this, hey, you're going to take these people into the promised land. Three times. Be strong and courageous. Okay? 
He also puts in there obedience because he says, don't let the book of the law depart. Meditate on it day and night. Do all that's in it. And then you're going to have great success. Be strong, be courageous, be obedient. And here's how Joshua translates that to the people. Then Joshua rose early in the morning, chapter 3, verse 1. And they set out from Shittim. And they came to the Jordan, he and all the people of Israel, and lodged there before they passed over. At the end of three days, the officers went through the camp and commanded the people, as soon as you see the ark of the covenant of the Lord your God being carried by the Levitical priest, then you shall set out from the place and follow it. Yet there shall be a distance between you and it, about 2,000 cubits in length. Do not come near it in order that you may know the way you shall go, for you have not passed this way before. Change, transition, going somewhere new. Then Joshua said to the people, Consecrate yourselves, for tomorrow the Lord will do wonders among you. Listen to what Joshua said. The message Joshua got, you're taking the people into the promised land. Here's what I need. I need you to be strong. I need you to be courageous. I need you to be, be obedient. When he went to the people, what did he say? He said, look, I want you to keep your eyes on the ark. What was the ark? The ark was a representation of the presence of God. In other words, Joshua is saying this, as we cross over, I want you to keep your eyes on God. I want you to keep your eyes on there. God spoke to Joshua, be strong, be courageous, be obedient. Joshua said, man, the only way that's going to happen is if we keep our eyes on him. God, we thank you for your word today. Lord, I pray that in the next few moments that we have together, that Lord, you would speak to us. Lord, I pray you would take uh, the words that are written in this life-giving book called the Bible and you would make them come alive to us today. That you would teach us, you would instruct us, you would encourage us, you would challenge us. And we would never be the same. In Jesus' mighty name, amen. 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 Change. Why does God bring change? God brings change to our lives, allows change to take place, allows change to come to us because he doesn't want us to stay where we're at. He wants us to continually grow. I, I think that we have many business owners in here today that work in different areas of business, and they would look at their business and evaluate it. And I don't think there's a business owner in here that would say, you know what, I'm completely content with where I'm at. I want to stay right here, and I don't want to increase anymore. Uh, most business people I talk to, they're always saying, hey, how can I better my business? How can I better myself as a leader? How can we, why? Because they believe in what they're doing, okay? Christians, as Christ followers, it needs to be that, that, that we wake up in the morning and we honor God, but we look at ourselves and say, man, here I am, but how does God want to improve my life? How does God want to make me better? How does God want to make me a better evangelist so I can share the love of Jesus with others? How does God want to make me a better friend so that I can encourage somebody in their walk or in their journey? How does God want to? God wants to improve us, and the way he improves us is by bringing change to us. I remember not that long ago when I was a youth pastor and a young adult pastor. I was living in Vegas, and I absolutely had the desire to be a lead pastor. Okay? And I desired this because it's something that God spoke to me many years before. And the time was now coming. But can I tell you, the greatest change that ever took place and is still taking place in my life is when I went from being a youth pastor, young adult pastor, to being a lead pastor, okay? It's one thing to preach a message to young people, okay? 
And then if they, they don't listen, they don't obey, you just go to their parents. Hey, you're, you're raising a brat. They need to change. <laughs> but it's another thing to be preaching to the brats. Come on, somebody. And I, <laughs> You preach the message, you know, and it's just the, the dynamics are different. Working with people is completely different, okay? Um, there's, there's a lot of different change that took place. It was one thing for me to show up and do my job as a youth pastor and young adult pastor, not having the pressures of, of the other parts of church, like how are we going to pay the bills this month? Man, the transition from being a youth pastor where I just love young people, let's just hug it out, you know? Go to their football games, go to their basketball games, slap them a high five, you know, you know, and then go to the park and play basketball with them and football and tackle them real hard and hurt them. Come on, somebody. To go from that to, God, how are we going to pay the bills? Okay? There's, there's a whole new level, okay? But here's the cool thing. God's grace is sufficient, right? But it's not like I just woke up and went from youth pastor to lead pastor and everything was da da there were some challenges along the way. And it's those challenges and how we embrace those challenges that brought me personally to another level. I remember when I had uh, our first child, Cara Rose, who's now 10. It's ridiculous, and she's like this tall. Okay, I exaggerated a little bit, but she's getting there. Okay. And I remember, man, it was exciting. You know, you heard Caleb talking about their first baby, and it's fun, and it's exciting. But everything changes. Okay, and now, you know, you, know you, you have one, and honestly, how many, how many firstborns do we have here today? Okay, I just want to apologize on behalf of your parents right now, but you were the guinea pig, all right? <laughs> like it or not, they had no clue. Look, they might have said, and this is an insult, but they're like, well, I don't know if we're ready to have children, so we'll just get a dog. <laughs> yeah, they're completely the same, <laughs> you know? You're the firstborn, and it's like there's this, there's this whole new world. It's, you're like a guinea pig, you know? And then you think, man, by the time you have the second one, you'll have learned something. I'm the youngest of four, and it's completely apparent that my, 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 my parents, they reached perfection by the time they had me, because I'm just kidding. Okay. They learned some things along the way. But you know what? Every child is different. And you can't raise this child the same way you raise this child. And so everything, man, it just changes. It's changing. It's changing. It's changing. It's changing. How you adapt to those changes within the challenges, man, will determine the outcome. The outcome. Here in Joshua chapter 1, there are a lot of changes taking place. A lot of changes. I, I believe that this is the passage that God wants to communicate to us today because something very significant is taking place in this passage. Now, if I could just give you a little bit of a, a precursor to where we're at this morning. The children of Israel were under the, 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 the leadership of a guy named Moses. Moses, if you know the story, is the one that led the children of Israel out of Egypt. It's a pretty, pretty dramatic story. It's pretty awesome, actually. Okay? He's the one that led them out. And, and he leads them. And, and as he's leading them, a lot of things are taking place. Okay? Moses leads them out. But here in the story we read, now Moses is dead. So now, Joshua, I want you to take over. Something has happened in the, in the wilderness as they were leaving. Here's something we need to understand about the story. The journey from Egypt, where Moses led them out of, and Egypt is a, is a type and a shadow of the world or of bondage. They were under taskmasters. They weren't free. They had homes and different things, but they were under the rulership of Egypt. So when Moses led them out, he was leading them out of the world. He was leading them out of bondage. Okay? 
But within that journey, it should have only taken them about eight days to get from Egypt to where God was taking them to Canaan, the promised land. That eight-day journey turned into 40 years. That's a long time. Okay? Long time. Why did it take 40 years? Because there were some issues at the very heart of Israel and at the heart of Moses that when they were addressed, they never dealt with them. And so now they're wondering, Hebrews says it was because of their evil or wicked heart of unbelief that they were unable to go in and take hold of their promises. Okay? And it was actually because of Moses' disobedience. If you read through the story, you know that the children of Israel were thirsty. I mean, come on, they were in a desert. It was hot. Okay? They were thirsty. And so they go to Moses and say, Moses, we're thirsty. And so Moses goes to God. God says, hey, speak to that rock and water will flow out of it. And you know what Moses does? He disobeys. Rather than speaking to the rock, he takes his staff and he strikes the rock. Now God, being a good God and realizing they were thirsty, allowed water to flow anyway. But then he pulled Moses aside and had a little one-on-one with him. It's like, come home to Jesus moment right here. And this is what he says, essentially. He says, hey, Moses, um, you disobeyed me. And because you disobeyed me, you're not going to be able to see the promised land. Oh, that, that hurts. That hurts. Moses, now listen to me. Everyone, all theologians would say that, man, Moses was a good leader. He was a, one of the best leaders. But he didn't address some stuff in his life. And because he didn't address some stuff in his life, he was never able to get to the promised land. He was never able to get to that place. He had enough on him to lead them out of bondage, but not enough on him to lead them into the promised land. What's God saying to us this morning? I believe God's saying this. Listen to me. You, you might have come out of something, but in order to get to the place where God is taking you and the place that God wants you to be, change has to take place. Because what, what brought you out might not be what takes you in to the thing that God has for you. Change had to take place. Change had to take place. Change. Look at the story. Moses is dead. Israel knew this. Joshua knew it. But there's something very significant about this because now God shows up and begins to talk with Joshua. And he actually says, hey, Joshua, Moses is dead. Yeah, God, I know that. He's, He's been dead for a little bit, and I know he's dead. Moses is dead. What is taking place right here? If we just read through it, man, a guy died and a new guy raises up as leader. They go in the promised land. Okay. But if we understand what is actually taking place, it's very significant. Very significant. The whole entire structure of Israel is changing. The whole entire thing. They're, about, they're at the Jordan. Anytime you see Jordan in the Bible, it's a place of transition. They have not yet crossed over, so they're still on the the side of Egypt. Egypt's back here a little ways. They have to get to the promised land. Moses wasn't able to because of character issues in his life. Moses dies, Joshua's on the scene. We've got to understand some things about the two of them in order to get the full context of what's taking place. Moses was known to them as the son, S-U-N. What is the sun? The sun is light to the earth. The sun, man, it, it has effect on the plants. It, it helps grow things. OK? 
Okay, the sun is light in and of itself. When they looked at Moses, they looked at Moses as their leader. They did not look to, to, to God. They were looking to this guy. So much so to the point where he went up on the mountain. How many of you guys remember this story, right? And came down with the, the ten what? Commandments. All right, you watched some movies. Good. Ten Commandments. Okay. He goes up. He's gone for so long that now the children of Israel think that, man, Moses is dead. What are we going to do? They weren't thinking, oh, we follow God. They were thinking we follow Moses. What are we going to do? So they had a really great idea. They said, hey, those gold earrings you have hanging on your ears? The gold, and they pulled all their gold together, and they melted it down, and they made for themselves, ta-da, a baby calf. And said, behold, the God that led us up out of Egypt. They looked to Moses as, their, as, as God. Okay, this was who Moses was then. Where now a transition takes place, Joshua's on the scene, and what they thought of Joshua was he was the moon. He was not God. He was, he was the moon. What does the moon do? The moon reflects the sun and gives enough light to see where we're going. Moses' son, Joshua Moon. Okay? There's a massive shift taking place. What is it? God is trying to get their eyes on him to the point where now when it's time to cross over, it's time to change, what does Joshua do? Joshua doesn't say, hey, follow me. He says, hey, I want you to keep your eyes on the ark. I want you to follow God. I want you to follow his presence. And and as that thing goes across, you keep your eyes on that and you keep going because you've never been this way before. Follow him. Joshua reflected God to the people. Huge transition taking place. Moses was known as what's known as a transactional leader. What is that? If you look back at the history of Moses, Moses now dealt with the dealings of the people, the transactions that were taking place. He dealt with the people's problems. In other words, let's put it this way. He dealt with the aftermath of their issues. They had issues. They couldn't solve them. Who did they go to? Moses. Moses, we got this problem going on. You know, two ladies fighting. Those were my pair of shoes. No, those were mine. You know, whatever. Moses had to step in. Hey, put them up. They obviously fit her feet. They're yours, okay? (laughs) Stop lying, okay? And he would deal with the aftermath of issues to the point where his father-in-law Jethro saw it and was just like, you know, this is good, but it can be better. What you need to do is raise up some more leaders that deal with issues, and so what he was reproducing was transactional leadership, okay? And they would deal with the issues that came about. And so now he appointed these leaders. So when people came, hey, you need to go see and so-and-so, and he'll, he'll take care of your issue. Issue was a transactional leader, okay? Joshua, on the other hand, is what's known as a transformational leader. Joshua did not focus on the aftermath. Joshua focused on the root or the core of those issues, and he began to do so, so much to the fact that you look back under the, uh, the, the rule of Moses, and there are all kinds of things going on, sin after sin after sin. But under the rule of Joshua, only one time is sin mentioned under his rule. And that is when they went in and took the first city, 
Right? Y'all know this story, right? They find that we'll fast forward beyond where we're at. Is anybody getting anything out of this this morning? Not yet. Okay, we'll bring it together here in just a minute. Joshua, now we're going to fast forward. Right now we're camped out at the river, but let's just fast forward for a minute. When they cross over, they have to take ten cities. The first city they have to take is Jericho. That's the one where they marched around seven times. Shut up, don't say a word. That story. And then at the very end, yell and blow trumpets and scream like crazy. Walls came down. God says, hey, when you go in there, I don't want you to take anything. Kill everything, burn everything, take nothing from that city. So they go in. Boom, conquer it. And then now the next city they're supposed to take is Ai. And they're looking at it like, dude, Ai is tiny compared to Jericho. This is not going to be a problem at all. All right, let's go do it. They go, and they get defeated. Okay? They come back, and they're like, Joshua, we got defeated. Joshua's confused. Like, what in the world? God, you said you're going to be with me. You said be strong, courageous, and obedient. I'm being obedient. I'm being strong. I'm being courageous. What in the world is happening? And God says, hey, someone in the camp took something from Jericho. Okay? Now, what Moses would have done, Moses would have said, hey, look, guys, someone took something. Knock it off. Okay? No more. Joshua, though, because he's a transformational leader, comes in and says, hey, somebody took something. We're going to get to the bottom of this. We're going to go after the root. So they, they narrow it down to the tribe, and then they narrow it down to the clan, and then they narrow it down to the family, and then they narrow it down to the person, a guy named Achan, and he, he did the classic, I'm going to hide it underneath my pillow. <laughs> if you're going to hide something, everybody knows the pillow, all right? Sure enough, they found it. Yep, there it is. And you know what they did? They killed him and his family. That doesn't sound fair. I'm just telling you the story. Take it up with God when you get to heaven. He went after the root. What is taking place? Joshua chapter 1. God is saying this. If you want to get fully into your promised land, what was working then is not going to work now. What was taken... What was happening there might have got you out of bondage, but what needs to take place is what's going to take you into the promised land, but it's called change. It's called change. It's called change. And here's something we need to understand today, ladies and gentlemen, that, that, that both Moses and Joshua are embodied in the man Jesus Christ. Where Moses led people out, man, Joshua led people in. But in the New Testament, Jesus does it all in and of himself. Jesus Christ died on the cross. Moses, my servant, is dead. Jesus then went and took captivity, uh, captive for himself and set them free, the Bible says. That he took the keys of hell and of death and set people free. Man, that is awesome. And they are free, but it doesn't stop there. Then he embodies and embraces Joshua. He came back to life so that you and I could have life and life more abundant. See, Jesus Christ did not just die on the cross to get you out of something. Jesus Christ died on the cross to take you into something. Are you with me this morning? That's Jesus. Jesus embraced both Moses and Joshua. And in Him, man, it's the fulfillment. Which tells us this, that there is something on Moses' life that was good. But man, we need to make a change if we want to step into the great things that God has for us. I believe with all my heart, ladies and gentlemen, that there are so many of us sitting in this room that we feel, man, life is good. But, and let me just ask you this question. Have you ever been in that place where, man, life is good, but I feel like I'm just about ready to bust into something amazing? 
Am I the only one that's felt that before? Whether it be for your business, whether it be for your marriage, whatever it is, like, man, this is good, but I just feel like I'm right there to just... Only way that's going to take place is as change happens in your life. Moses is dead. It's important to understand because now a whole way of leading is dead. We're no longer going to just deal with root I- or, or, or surface issues. We're going to take it a little deeper and deal with root issues. Moses was transactional. Joshua was transformational. Here's something, though, you need to see in your own life that most Christians are transactional. We come to Jesus because I've got a problem. We come to Jesus because I have an issue. We come to church because I need something in my life. I'm going through this. And so most of our Christian and most messages are preached in a transactional way because we want more people to come to church. Is that bad? No. Have more people come to church. But listen to me. If we come to church to get stuff dealt with, we're looking at church as the sun. When church needs to be a reflection of Jesus. Church should not be the cure. Church should not be the end all. Church does not save you. Church is not the sun. He's the sun. Jesus is the sun. And he died on the cross as the church. What we need to do, we need to become the moon and we need to reflect the work of Jesus Christ so that people don't follow Pastor Ben and people don't follow Urban Church. Should they be planted in a church and build community? Yes. But we should come to church and we should reflect Jesus so that people can see. Wow. And then they can follow. But most of us are transactional. We deal with the surface. Stuff arises in our marriage. Stuff arises in our life. Stuff arises, and, and, we, and we, we spend our time fixing that, sorting that, those transactions out. Where what God wants to do in our life is he wants us to become transformational. That we get transformed from the inside out. Most of us are transactional. We deal with the surface rather than the root. So much so that when we start to deal with the root issues. We get upset. We get offended. We go find another church. We go find different friends because someone's messing with my stuff. We're so transactional that we will actually make ourselves look better than we really are so that people won't go after the root issues. Oh, the message is getting good now, huh? Mm-hmm. And so what happens is, is we actually surround ourselves with other transactional people. Wow. Because they won't challenge me. But the minute someone starts to challenge me, but see, there's a fundamental shift that's got to take place. Here's, here's another reason why transactional is, is, is we have a hard time letting go of that because it's become our norm. If the outward is okay and looks okay, then I'm okay. But the minute you start to mess with the outward and it doesn't look okay, then, then we go into culture shock. We just... We, 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 we're so transactional that, that literally if someone goes after transformational, 
it feels like we're being pulled out of our norm. And now the skills. Whoa, what's happening? Wait, let's get back to surface. Oh, that's so much better. Don't dig too deep, Pastor. Just stay right there on the surface. Yeah. We start to dig deep. Yeah, that's, why, that's why community groups are so good. Because we take what we, we learned on Sunday. We say, okay, now let's get into your life. Uh-uh. Uh, I'll, I, Sunday, an hour and a half, it's good for me. Don't, just don't take it any further than that. Okay. But God wants to bring change. God wants to bring change. Moses is dead. That way is gone. If you really want to cross over into the promises of God, if you really want to lay hold of that for which Christ Jesus has laid hold of you, change has to take place. But ladies and gentlemen, the change is not geographical. The change is not vocational. The change is transformational from the inside out. Listen, people, this is what happens because people are so transactional. You start to mess with their stuff. and They're like, you know, I'm going to find another church. You know what? I'm going to move to a different city. I need a change in my life. I better go buy a new pair of jeans. Come on, somebody. Because I want to feel good. I'll get myself a dog, get a new pair of jeans, some new shoes. God wants to change the inside. So much so. Now listen, you've got to hear this. Is anybody getting anything out of this today? Okay. Is it hurting yet? Because we can make it hurt a little more. When God says to Joshua, Joshua, be strong, courageous, and obedient, we just breeze right over those things and say, yes. When I go through change, I need to be strong, I need to be courageous, and I need to be obedient. That's good, and that that principle is good, and we should do all of those things. But God was not saying to Joshua, Joshua, man, this change is going to be really hard, and so you just need to be strong, courageous, and obedient. What he was saying, he was saying, hey, you need to change. You're not strong, you're not courageous, and you're not obedient. So I need you to become those things so that you can walk through the process and get to the promised land. Why was he not those things? Because he was under the rule of Moses. And if you look at Moses' life, he was not strong, he was not courageous, he was not obedient. The very fact that he wasn't obedient is the very fact why he can't go to the promised land and see it with his own eyes. He struck the rock rather than spoke to the rock. He was not strong because when God came to him and said, hey, Moses, I'm choosing you to lead the people of Israel out of Egypt. You know what he did? He said, you got the wrong person. Four times. And on the fourth time, God about killed him. It's a true story. God was mad. The wrath of God burnt hot against Moses, the Bible says. I don't know about you, but I don't want that in my life. You think hell is hot? He was, not, he was not courageous. He was so not courageous because he, he had this stutter that God actually said, fine, Moses, I'll send Aaron with you. And Aaron will be your voice peace. He was not strong. He was not courageous. He was not obedient. So now when God comes to Joshua, he is addressing a character issue in the children of Israel. And he is saying, you guys are not strong, you are not courageous, and you are not obedient, and I need you to become those things so that I can take you to the place that I have for you. And three times, it's better than four. 
Three times God comes to him and says, be strong, be courageous, be obedient. Be strong, be courageous, be obedient. Because you're not those things. Listen to what he's saying. There is a character flaw, Joshua. And I'm going to address the character flaw. See, ladies and gentlemen, for us to get to the place that God has for us, we focus so, more, so much out here. What do I need to do? Who do I need to connect with? What do I need to get done? Who's gonna, my friend's going to be? Who's this going to be? When God is trying to reflect right here. The change in your marriage has nothing to do with your spouse and has everything to do with a character flaw in you. The change in your business has nothing to do with the employees you've hired and has everything to do with a character change right here. The change in your family has nothing to do with your children being different. And the reason they are the way they are is just go look in the mirror. But it has to do with the change right here. Joshua, the reason that Moses couldn't lead him in and now he's dead and I'm raising you up is because he was not strong, he was not courageous, he was not obedient. I need those things from you and I need, now listen to what it says because I'm going to use you to lead those people in because what you are translates down the line. I need you to be transformational, Joshua. The change is here. Let me just break it down for you. Today, you're sitting here and say, okay, I'm just going to be strong. I'm going to be obedient. I'm going to be courageous. Maybe that's not the issue for you. Maybe it's this. Maybe God's coming and addressing a character issue, but it's, you know, I need purity from you. That's a character flaw. And if you want to enter the promised land, I need you to be pure. But I'm not that, I know. But that's the character. I, I, I need you to be secure. But, but I'm insecure. I know that's, I need you to be secure if you want to go to the place. I need you to be humble. I'm the most humble person on the planet, God. What are you talking about? <laughs> I know that's the problem. There's pride in you, and I need you to be humble in order to get to the place that I want to take you to. I need you to be joyful. I'm not joyful, God. I know that's the problem. I need you to be joyful in order to take you. I need you to be confident. Oh, okay. It's not about the three words. It's about the character. And he's coming and he's addressing character in us. Whoa, let's stay transactional. My wife, it's her issue. It's God, it's honesty, it's the people you gave me. Could you give me different people, please? Because if you gave me different people, God, then we would probably have more leaders and more. No, Ben, it's not about the people I've given you. It's about you changing who you are. Oh. But it's so much easier to get new people. It's really hard when God starts to dive into here, isn't it? And, and, and you know what? It doesn't change with time. Matter of fact, the older you get, the harder he has to work. Because you're stuck in your ways. That's why, that's why God showed up and killed off the older generation of Israel. They're not going to see it. You know that old saying, if the shoe fits, why, why change it, right? 
If it fits, why change? Because eventually the shoe wears out. And then it's uncomfortable. God wants to change. God wants to change. But, but, but I'm saved. I know. Isn't that awesome? Good job. But if the end result is being saved, who cares? My old, my old pastor used to say this, if the end result is salvation and getting to heaven, why don't we do this? Why don't we have an altar call and when people respond to the altar call and they got tears in their eyes, I love Jesus, forgive me. And then we just line them all up and shoot them right there. Because then they'll have to worry about all the other stuff. They're saved, they went to heaven. Woohoo! We're sending people to heaven one way or the other, you know? What about going from glory to glory? What about Jesus coming back for his pure, spotless bride? What about not approaching God with a transactional mentality in your prayer times? God, I'm just dealing with this stuff, and man, I just, what if we came to God and said, God, you know what? I'm doing really good, but I want to be transformed. What other, what other area in my life can you work on? What other area in my life so that I don't have to deal with the aftermath of this or the after? I, you know what? I don't even, what about if we came to God and said, God, could you transform me now? I'm praying prayers for my daughters that, God, I pray they never walk through some of the things I walked through. Now, inevitably, they will. They're their own people. They make their own choices. But I'm believing that God will transform them now. So when they get older, they don't even have the aftermath to deal with. What if we came to God like that? Say, God, I, I really don't need nothing today, but I'm not at church because I need something. I'm at church because, you know what? Number one, I'm going to give something, and I'm going to help transform somebody else's life. And then when I'm worshiping, I'm going to say, God, I know that I'm not perfect yet. So what area, what area? Can you put your finger on today? I had several points, but I'm not going to give them to you because they're really not that great. This was the best part. But look at what Joshua does at the very end. Why does they're about to go through? I mean, the, the sermon I just gave you is the sermon that was probably going through Joshua's spirit when God said, hey, Moses is dead. It's your time. Okay. And he understood what that meant. But this is how he related to the people. Hey, keep your eyes on Jesus. Keep your eyes on God. Keep your eyes on him. I know you're not, you're not going to be perfect. But keep your eyes on him. And when you do it, don't get too close. Because then you're not going to be able to see where you're going. But remember, we're going to be a reflection of who Jesus is, so that people can see Jesus, but they can see where they're going, and they still can walk out the journey that God has for them. Keep your eyes on Jesus. Keep your eyes on Jesus. Joshua knew it wasn't necessarily about the strength, the courage, and the obedience as much as it was. If you keep your eyes on Jesus, he'll point out what it is in your character. God, we thank you for your word today. God, thank you that your word is simply awesome.
And Lord, I, I, I count it an honor and a privilege to have been able to communicate your word this morning. And I pray that in this place right now that people begin to personalize it. Just do me a favor. Close your eyes. And can we just take 60 seconds and can you just say, God, wh- why am I here this morning? Why am I here today? Uh, yeah, this might be the church that's your home church. Awesome. You're here, But why are you here this morning? Maybe you're visiting today. And wh- wh- why are you here today? What does God want to do in your life this morning? What character issue is he putting his finger on saying, hey, I want you to cross over the Jordan. I want you to get to the promised land. I have, I have, I have destined that for you, but in order for you to get there, something's got to die, something's got to be resurrected, and you've got to begin to work on some character issues in your life so that you can obtain that what God has for you. Yeah, what is that for you this morning? What is that? What character issue is God saying, hey, the reason you haven't quite busted through to the next level is because of this. The reason, and you're here this morning, you say, Pastor, this message is for me, and God has definitely put his finger on an area in my life, and I see it this morning, and my prayer is God change me, transform me from the inside out. And eyes are closed, heads are bowed. I want to know who I'm praying for so I can pray specifically for you this week. If that's you and you'd say, Pastor, that's me, could you just shoot your hand in the air? There's an area. There's areas, man. There's not just one. There might have been three for Joshua, but there's like 30 for me and God's work. And maybe it's just one, but man, I see it, man. I, I, yep, God, you're putting your finger on some stuff. Yeah, yeah, you're putting some f- your finger on some stuff. For some of you, it's just a fundamental shift in the fact that I'm not going to approach God out of need. I'm going to approach God out of want. I'm not going to go just because I need something fixed in my life. I'm going to approach him because I want my character to look more like him. There is a fundamental difference when we go to God saying, God, would you take insecurity? God, would you take impurity? God, when we just come to God and say, God, I don't know what's going to happen today, but I just want to spend some time with you. I just want to be in your presence. And I I know as I get into your presence, something's going to change. And I don't know what it is, but I'm just happy to be here today. Yeah. Hallelujah. 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 